They're speakers, authors, and real-life rock stars, bringing you life-changing thoughts that rock. Taking conversation all the way to 11. Most shows only go to 10. Well, it's one louder, isn't it? These go to 11. To 11. This is Thoughts That Rock. Now, here are your hosts, Jim Knight and Grant Menzoir. Welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us on Thoughts That Rock, the podcast that is about exchanging two pieces of life-changing advice squeezed into about half an hour. Yeah, we know how busy you are. And you know, life is coming at you at about 100 miles an hour and trying to grab those pieces of wisdom that really can amp up your life. You know, they're they're hard to come by, Mm -hmm. which is why whether you're working on your quads or churning some ice cream or laying out by the pool. We just want to be the 30 minutes you look forward to every week. Just a quick reminder, whatever format you're using to listen to this podcast, if you like the show, would you do us a favor and just show us a little bit of love, whether it's give it a rating, leave a comment. This helps us stay in front of the eyes of the people that we want to reach. So thank you for your commitment to this show. Let us know whatever it is that we can do. To get you in the mood, uh oh, you know what that sound means, Jim. What 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 time is it? What time is it, Brant? It's business time. It's business time. Let's get down to business. We're so thrilled to have our great friend Brett Culp with us. Uh, for those that don't know, Brett, uh, great great friend, keynote speaker is really how uh, you know Brant and I got to know him, but he's an acclaimed filmmaker. And I think his work has really inspired audiences, I would say, around the world. He's not just here in the U.S. Um, and, and really, Brett's become a personal cinematographer for you know pretty much everybody, Hollywood stars, music icons, uh, Hall of Fame athletes, authors, I think even some, uh, some royalty. Brett, that's probably true, right? Um, he's had a lot of projects that are going on, but I think it's his documentaries that really rocked our world and pioneered some groundbreaking approaches to community building, which I know, you know, Brett's going to talk about. He's very passionate. Uh, he's very energetic and engaging. And we just love that, that Brett really encourages audiences to find the superhero within themselves. So Brett, welcome to uh, thoughts that rock. Oh, I'm delighted to be here. Thanks for inviting me guys. You got it. You got it. And I would say, Brant, uh, don't you think that Brett's probably uh, one of the most positive people we know? I love Brett Culp. I love following <laughs> him on social media. He is my personal hope dealer. Uh, uh, when I need hope, I, I am searching for whatever Brett is putting out because that is what he is for me. He, he is a, just an absolute symbol of hope. Wow. You're addictive, Brett. There you go. Man, I'm going to have you guys follow me around everywhere. <laughs> we all need some superheroes in our corners like that. Seriously, you're, you're extremely uh, inspirational when you're on stage and sharing your stories and, you know, even when we're just sort of chatting on the side. Um, so, you know, we, um, we, we uh, do things a little bit different here at Thoughts at Rock versus that uh, traditional interview style I think that you might hear on many podcasts. You know, we aim to get right to the heart of sharing great pieces of advice. And, you know, that's what we do here. So I'm, I'm going to leave the floor open to you, Brett. What is your, uh, what is your thought that rocks? Thoughts that rock, number one. So my thought that rocks is this. Everyday leadership changes the world. 
And what I mean by that is this idea that we all have the power to make an impact. Yeah. That all of us have within us this heroic potential. And even if we don't feel like we live our lives on a big stage or that we're executives or that we have a lot of influence, the reality is is that the small things are the big things. That it is the choices that we make every day, the little choices, that affect on the long term, the lives we live, and the impact we make. And that really became clear for me when I was working on a project called Legends of the Night, which is a feature-length documentary film that I produced and directed. That film was on Netflix for a couple of years. It was on Hulu. Now it's on Amazon Prime. And when we, before it was on any of those digital platforms, we decided to do something unique with Legends of the Night. We, we created this initiative where anyone in the world could request a screening of this film in their local movie theater, and the proceeds from that screening that would have gone to my company, we instead donated to whatever charity they chose. Love that. And it, it was an incredible idea. But I remember being on the phone with my theatrical distributor, and when I pitched it to him, the phone went silent because <laughs> he, he was like, Brett, I mean, this is a very noble idea, but will it work? Like, if you do it this way, if you're giving away the money, then there'll be no money. You, you'll have no funds for marketing and PR. <laughs> we'll have no staff to manage it for you. Are you sure this is really the way you want to do this? And and there was something in me that I was like, you know, I have this sense that people will connect with this. It will resonate with them to 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 be part of this. And ultimately, it was a once we released this initiative, it was a nine month like epic, beautiful journey where Legends of the Night screened in 110 cities all over the world raising over $100,000 for charity, mostly with $10 tickets, without a single dollar spent on marketing or advertising. And nobody managing it except me and my little team. And let me tell you, we had no idea what we were doing. Like, we're we're filmmakers, we're not film distributors. But but the reality was, is that this movement and this, this impact didn't happen because some big Hollywood studio got behind it. It happened because everyday people saw something good, they wanted to be part of it, they invited their friends to be part of it, they showed that everyday leadership, and our film simply became a tool, a vehicle for them to do something good in their community, and it really wasn't about my film anymore, it was about their own story and their own community and and what they wanted to do to make a positive impact for people that they cared about. And I just saw that in city after city around the world happen and watch these posts on social media as these people came together. It was it was really so beautiful and inspirational for me. And it, it, it brought so much hope into me that the world is filled with good people. There are just good people everywhere. Yeah. And that all of us have the potential to make an impact in our world in some way and and I think when we really start to spread that sort of mentality, not just into charity film screenings, but into everything we do and say, whether it's at work, whether it's with our neighbor, whether it's at the supermarket, whether it's with our kid uh, on a Tuesday morning, 
we can make through our words and actions and our decisions, we all have the power to make an impact. And be that is fantastic. I love that. I love that. Uh, and I would guess if somebody were watching the documentary now, they might not know the story of how that sort of came about and, and that cool philanthropic approach that you took. Um, how, how could they maybe get that story? Well, and first off, what, what is the movie about? What is Legends of the Night? Yeah, I didn't say that, did I? It's about Batman, which is awesome in itself. Yeah, yeah. yeah Legends, Legends of the Night tells the stories of people who were inspired to make a difference in the world, to do good, to overcome adversity because of their childhood love of Batman. Batman yeah, made so them want to be a real-life superhero. And so it tells the stories of young people, older people, people that are professionals, all kinds of different people in the world who've made a difference. And, but really, at the deepest level, the film is about the power of stories and yeah. how all of us can live a, a heroic story with our own lives. I think it's, I think it's interesting that you know, Batman from a, from a historical perspective in the comics, I think it's amazing that people see him as, as this sort of incredible philanthropic, uh, hero when in fact it always hasn't been portrayed that way in the comics, but yet that's how they choose to see it. And I think that that's part of what made the, the film so interesting is that people found the good in Batman and, and, um, Batman made a career out of not necessarily being a good guy, uh, you know, and I, and I think that that speaks to what you're talking about, where we all have that in us. And I, and I even the approach of raising money for uh, for local charities, keeping it in the communities of which the, the film screened, I think you're giving people an opportunity to do the little things that have big impact. Well, and, and, and there's so much within the story of Batman that made this perfect because, you know, Batman is the superhero with no superpowers. Right. You know, maybe you can say his money is his superpower, but besides that, you know, he is a superhero with no superpowers. And, you know, I think we all can relate to that. But also he's a superhero born of darkness yes. and suffering and pain. And we can all kind of relate to that, too. I mean, we've all been through difficulties in our lives. And the question is, you know, and, and there's many of us today that, you know, look at the headlines every morning, scroll through social media, and we think, man, it's just getting worse. Yeah. Like, everything is so dark. Everything is, there's so much fighting and all that stuff. Well, I mean, you can look at that and say, well, that's a good reason to give up. Or you can say, that is the reason I must engage. Yes. And that's kind of the Batman story. I mean, Bruce Wayne goes through this horrible thing in his life. But he doesn't use that as an excuse to give up or to decide that the world is too broken to be fixed. He instead uses it as a motivation to engage, to do his part, to do whatever he can. And, of course, his part is a little bit crazy but, sure. but in terms of what he decides to do. But all of us can look at that ugliness that goes on in our own lives and in the world around us and say, you know, I'm not just going to sit here. I'm going to do what I can to bring some light into my world into the pe lives of the people around me today. You know, I was thinking also the, uh, you know, your other documentary, uh, which is look to the sky, you know, what great timing for you to have yeah. these, you know, superhero based documentaries where, you know, when I was growing up, you were, you were the nerd and it was sort of a uh, fringe to be right. reading comic books. And now, right they're they're a huge part of our lexicon now and part of society and they're not as corny. And, 
of course, now, um, you know, you, you've got the Batman coming out. And, you know, I wonder what that does for Legends of the Night. Does that now put it back out there into the, uh, you know, front of mind for people where you can sort of get your story out there? Um, and, Absolutely. And maybe, I mean, that every, might be a great every opportunity. Time, yeah, every time something Batman-related happens, our movies get a bump in the algorithm on, mm-hmm. you know, Hulu or Amazon Prime or wherever they are, you know, it, it gets another bump because people are thinking about Batman again, yeah. and and that that does matter. And, and I think, you know, it's an interesting question. You know, people have asked me, you know, why do you think superhero stories are so popular today? You know, these characters have been around for a long time. You know, mm-hmm. eighty years. Uh, Batman this year is Batman's eightieth birthday in wow. the world. I mean, that's a long time. But why now? And part of the answer is the special effects have finally caught up in the movies. But I think even deeper than that, it's because we're starting to realize on a personal level that we're very powerful. You know, we are all walking around with supercomputers in our pockets. And we make the choice every day, are we going to use that supercomputer to watch cat memes (laughs) or to say mean things to other people or to try to hurt and destroy people? Or are we going to use that medium to lift people up, to spread light, to do good? I mean, we all have superpowers today. We can be anywhere, go anywhere, know anything in instant on our phone. And the question is, just like every superhero story, every superhero has great powers, and they have to decide what are they going to do with those powers. Well, I think we on an on a unconscious level have to ask ourselves those questions right now. Yeah. And the question is, what will we do as individuals? What choice will we make? Agreed. And, you know, one of the questions I'm asking myself is why would we have a sparkly vampire set to play the next <laughs> Batman, which I, I am holding judgment on. But but there's a part of me that is screaming to the skies that that I am nervous as to what this next. You've got to go look at his whole body of work there. He's done some great, great stuff. Look, I'm going to put you on a plan. You know what? Team Edward, Pattinson I'm not plan. a team member, a team Edward guy. So you know, we're going to have to see. You know, when I was promoting Legends of the Night, one of the questions they would ask me was, what do you think about Ben Affleck as Batman? Because everybody was so negative about Ben Affleck. Yeah. And before that, everybody was so negative about Michael Keaton. Yes. And I, I, I I'm of a mind that it all works out. I mean, you can even watch. I think I'm somewhere on my social media. There's a clip of me being asked that question about Ben Affleck and me saying, I think he's going to be fine. And even though a lot of people didn't like that movie, Batman vs. Superman, generally they agreed that Ben Affleck was pretty good. So yeah, yeah, let's, let's, uh, let's give Rob Pattinson, Rob Pattinson a chance. I, I that's, will. That's my, that's my vote. I will do that. I will do that. <laughs> as, as part of your everyday leadership uh, thought, I know that you talk a lot about part of being a good leader is holding space for others. Can you, can you tell us a little bit about what you mean by that? Yeah, you know, I think, you know, when you hold a little baby, um, if you can take that analogy, the reality is is that when you hold a baby, they can't do much except, except eat, sleep, cry, and poop. That, that's all they've got, you know. Um, but, but when you hold a baby, you don't see only that. You imagine all the things they could be, all the things they could become in their life. And you then invest time, energy, and money for, you know, 18 years, 20 years, 
sometimes 40 years to, you know, try to bring that sense of possibility and potential into the world. Uh, essentially, what you're doing is you're holding space for that child. You're holding a space for their possibility and potential for not who they are today, but who they could be. And in many ways, you're defining their identity, not by the past, because they don't have a past. You're defining their identity by the future, by what's ahead. Yeah. Now, at some point in all of our lives, we flip a switch and we start defining ourselves and our identity not by our future possibility, but by our past. And at some point, we start to then limit off that sense of possibility for ourselves because we start to define what's possible for the future by the things that happened in the past. Uh, why do we do that? It's not necessary to do that. We could do, we could continue to do for ourselves and for each other the same thing we do with small children, which is define their identity by the future and invest in that. And so I think all great leaders in the world, they, they, don't, they, they have the ability to see and assess what's going on right now. They don't ignore it. But they also have this amazing sense of positive possibility, and they hold space for that. They hold space for what could be. You know, you mentioned that thing that's a favorite quote of mine that Napoleon says, which is leaders are dealers in hope. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Leaders are dealers in hope. They, they understand that they're, this, this amazing power that they have is the ability to paint a picture of what could be and then invite people into that space. And, and I think at its core, every leader, whether it's in parenting or it's in business or it's in your neighborhood community group, it's about holding space for what could be even when things get ugly and dark and inviting other people to join you in that space of positive possibility. Brett's the new Napoleon, I think. <laughs> a little taller. <laughs> He's a little taller. Yeah. A little. Uh, you know, I, I think it's I think it's amazing. So I, this this concept of sort of holding a baby and and betting on that future for me, you're you're giving that baby's gifts a chance to develop yep. to be found, right? Which which reminds me for for myself, my my favorite one of my favorite pieces of scripture, uh, you know, at Proverbs eighteen talks about our gifts will make room for us. And I think yep. that 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 leads so much in that same vein of you know, when, when we are functioning within our gifts, when we are working within our gifts, it's our gifts. It's what makes us unique. It's what makes us who we are, who we were meant to be. And that gift is what makes room for you at work, in your marriage, in your family, in your neighborhood. It's what you are bringing. And, and sometimes it takes a little bit for that gift to develop. That's right. And that's why patience and grace is so important in that process to give it time and trust the process. Well, I think this is a perfect time to transition to thought number two. Thoughts that rock number two. So our thought that rocks that we would love to get your feedback on, Brett, is this. If you're waiting to hit rock bottom, raise the floor. 
And where that comes from is a, a good friend of ours, Jim Trick, who's a, a certified life coach up in Marblehead, Massachusetts, has a successful practice up there. And Jim works with people every day in, in their struggles in life and trying to get them on the straight and narrow. And one of the things he talks about is people feel, a lot of people feel, like they have to wait until they hit rock bottom before they can turn the ship around before they can make those changes in their lives. They sort of have to bottom out. And his thing is, is listen, wherever you are right now, you can make the choice to raise the floor and let that be the bottom. And if you go too long and you are waiting for things to get progressively worse, you're only digging yourself a deeper hole to crawl out of. And so the idea becomes if we can raise the floor to where you are right now and start from here, you're going to get to where you want to go to much faster than maybe letting yourself get to that place of no return. What do you think? Do you think Brett liked that or not? Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, sorry, I was waiting for a question. Sorry. Yours apparently was so much better than our thoughts. Yeah, I didn't want to jump in until you were ready for me to. That you know, thought was silence. Yeah, we'll absolutely. Fix that absolutely. No, I I agree. I absolutely agree. I mean, I, I think I think that for all of us, the reality is that pain is the universe's great push to self-awareness. Mm. And what I mean by that is we're very often not willing to really look in the mirror and do a full self-assessment of what's going on until the pain gets so intense that we can't do we can't help but do that. Like. And, and I think that's the reason why a lot of us have to hit rock bottom before we're willing to to make a change, to make a shift, because ultimately, you know, it's pain that does that. But but most of us aren't really willing or interested. It's not fun to to take the time and to do what it takes to really become self-aware of your weaknesses, of your struggles, of your problems, of the weak spots in, in your career in your marriage, in your relationships, in your finances, in your health. I mean, how much time are we proactively spending on that? I mean, you go to the doctor when? You go to the doctor when you're sick. Yeah. You go to the doctor when something is wrong, when the pain has gotten to the point where you can't deal with it or you're afraid or whatever. How much time are we spending on our health proactively so that we can avoid going to the doctor? Yeah, so that we great. can avoid that meeting, you know, though, but I think that that choice to not only spend quiet time, really assessing your feelings, the way you're seeing the world, and also to build a trustworthy community of people who, whose opinion, who, who can speak into those blind spots and say, mm -hmm. hey, man, have you thought about this? Have you noticed this? And to give those people permission to, to do that, to create safe spaces where they can do that. I mean, that takes work. That is not natural for us. And nobody wants to sit in a room with a bunch of friends and say, hey, tell me what I'm not seeing right now. Right. But yeah. that is what's so necessary to avoid this, this idea you're talking about. Yeah, I think you're right. You know, I think it's why people like Brene Brown now are just exploding onto the scene with talking about the importance of vulnerability and, you know, her, her Netflix yep. special uh, called a courage, which was just phenomenal. Um, just really down to earth, authentic, 
look at what it means to be vulnerable. And I think that what you're talking about requires vulnerability on a couple of fronts, right? I mean, you have to sort of look at yourself and ask yourself some really tough questions that might lead to answers that you don't necessarily like about yourself, um, but also open up your willingness to have a mentor of some sort or people around you at least who you trust and love and can speak that truth into your life uh, even when you might not want to hear it. Yep. Well, and everything you're talking about just speaks to the general idea that that your own emotional awareness and, and being honest and authentic and real is as important to your success as anything you achieve. You know, I think my parents grew up, and I think many in the generation before us grew up in a world where the definition of success was sort of built for you externally. You know, you you graduated from high school, you went to college, you got your degree, you worked your way up. I mean, everybody was following the exact same pattern of success in the same way that they were essentially all wearing the same suit and tie, the same outfits, the same clothing. I mean, it was such a society of uniformity. And I think that created this bottled up emotional sensibility that almost kind of backfired on that generation. And I think many people from our generation are kind of, without realizing it, realizing, you know, we, we have to do this a different way. We have to define success our way. And the way we do that is to become very aware of what's going on with us and what we really were built to do and what we're really passionate about. Well, the challenge is we all want to talk about those positive things about ourselves, our passions, our dreams, our all that stuff. But the reality is when you get deep into all of your emotions and heart, you also find there's a lot of messed up stuff in there. Right. There's a lot yeah. of bitterness and feelings from our teenage years and our 20s that we didn't process right. And so it's like if you're going to go deep into authenticity to find your life's mission and your dreams – you also got to deal with all the ugly stuff that's in there, and, and yeah. that is difficult. That is the stuff we don't want to face. So many people, you know, the reason they don't follow their dreams in the, you know, that cliche sense is because they start to realize, I'm going to have to go through some ugly stuff sitting in a room with a therapist to get to the point where I could wake up every morning and do this without fear destroying me. And most of us don't want to do that. You know, I was thinking – you know, maybe just taking a different approach to it as well, and maybe even connecting both of our thoughts here. You know, I think about people at work, you know, where they're maybe waiting to hit rock bottom or they feel like they might already be there, but then also thinking about, you know, people can be heroes. You know, there's everyday leadership that can happen in all of us. And so, I don't know, Brett, if you get this, but at the end of a lot of my keynotes, you know, some of the questions, and I tend to get the same three or four. One of them is going to be about hair care products for sure because i got the spiky <laughs> hair. But, you know, sometimes people will say, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm a middle manager with yeah. no direct reports, um, no perceived real influence. Uh, maybe I'm, I'm just putting keystrokes into a computer. Um, how can I make a difference? Because a lot of the stuff mm-hmm. I might talk about is – you know, affecting your environment or, you know, amping up your culture, whatever it is. And and so the questions are, are around, you know, does my work matter? Do I matter here? Uh, how can I affect the culture of the company when all I have is this? And yeah. so the, I'll, I'll absolutely respond to them. It does matter. And your work does matter. And yeah. if you just continuously look for ways to 
you know, one make processes better. Don't don't uh, become apathetic and and you know sit on our laurels here. You know, challenge the status quo. You know, when you can and being respectful, but keep crushing the work that you're currently doing. You know, learn and share best practices. You know, whether that's reading or going to conferences and doing some self study. Just you know, school's never out for for the learner. Um, you know, you can always make a difference, and and that's how people get promoted. That's how you yep. increase your circle of influence. And you know, I think people in in general want to do bigger things in themselves, whether that's philanthropy or more responsibilities, whatever it is. And so. I just want to wrap up and, and, and let people know that a single person, I think, with great ideas can start revolutions. That's how countries are overthrown. That's how businesses get better. That's how people get promoted. So, you know, I, I just I, I would assume you probably get these same type of questions afterwards when you're so inspirational. They've been moved by what you're saying, but then they know they've got to go back to the day to day real life. What, what kind yeah. of advice do you give to people that uh, sort of are in that place, in that space? No, I think you're exactly right. I, and I think a lot of people are kind of stuck in a self-defeating cycle where they feel like their work isn't meaningful. It doesn't have value. It's not really making a difference or truly making a contribution. And the reality is once you start down that path, you just continue to reinforce it with your behavior because, because I, I think overall our identity drives our behavior. We always act consistently with who we believe ourselves to be. And so if you start in your work from a place where you're saying, my work doesn't matter, I don't matter, yeah. then your behavior continues on that track. It continues on that. I think sometimes we have to kind of take an existential leap. And just say, you know what, even if I don't have any evidence for this, I'm going to decide that my work is heroic. Yeah. Even if I couldn't explain that to anybody, even if it doesn't even make sense to me today, I am going to declare that my work is heroic. And I think what happens is you then start bringing a heroic energy to your life, which then elevates your life to the epic heroic status. You start coming up with ideas and innovations and thoughts and new things that put you in new positions. Um, you know, they, they are, you know, this, this idea of, well, I'll start acting like a leader when I get promoted into leadership. Right. That doesn't work. You no. can't, it never works that way. The people that get promoted into leadership are the people who are acting like leaders yeah. and they, they always rise to the top. I, I love that meme, which of course is appropriate for me where people say, you know, they told me to dress for the job I wanted and then they kicked me out of the office when I came to work dressed like Batman. <laughs> and, you know, I've always liked that because it's a weird spin on a traditional idea. But that idea still holds true, which is if you want to be something, it starts by declaring that that's what you are. I was declaring myself as a filmmaker before I had even made anything that could be construed as a film. I mean, they yeah. were videos. Let me tell you flat out. They were videos. They were not films. But I just said I was a filmmaker, and over time, I grew into that sensibility. You have. You have. You're so good, buddy. What, what is your next project? Have you got another one in, in the can in the hopper? Yeah, we're about 80% done with our next film. It's about the relationships between fathers and daughters and how fathers can make a tremendous impact in the lives of their daughters. We're super excited nice. about it. Nice. Nice. 
I can't think of a better time to to bring a message of the importance of the male role um, yeah. in, in your daughter's lives and, and presenting them with something that that actually can be looked up to and, and honored and, and all of those things yes. that's so desperately needed. And the deeper we have gotten into it, the more we have realized on a deeper level, this is about, this is a film about how men think about women on every level and the relationships that they build over time. And, and all those, I mean, it's, we started this project four years ago, the idea of it, but it has become more culturally appropriate as the months have gone by, and I'm, I'm super excited for people to see it. It's, it's going to be a remarkable movie. You're the new Napoleon and Dr. Phil together. Love it. <laughs> Love it. Hey, uh, Brett, where, where can uh, people stay connected with you? And, and also, just as important, where can they see and get your documentaries? I know you said Amazon Prime. I don't know if you've got other places that they can go grab that. But how can they stay connected with you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I post on social media pretty much every day. And so you can search for me on social media or on Google or go to my website. It is all my name, which is Brett, B-R-E-T-T. My last name is Culp, C-U-L-P. If you Google me, you'll get to me any which way you want. And two of my films are available right now on streaming platforms. You can watch Legends of the Night, which is the Batman film. It is on Amazon Prime. If you have a subscription, you can watch it for free right now, or you can pick it up on iTunes. And then our newest film to be released uh, is called Look to the Sky, and it's related. It's about hope and Superman and young people who are doing amazing things. That movie is on Hulu if you have that subscription, or you can pay to rent it or buy it on Amazon or iTunes. You're so good, buddy. Listen, we thank you so much for spending some time with us and uh, sharing your thoughts at Rock, and uh, we look forward to just continuously following your journey, and uh, we look forward to seeing you next time, buddy. Well, thanks, guys. I appreciate you so much. Love what you're doing and love for what you stand for in the world. Thanks for inviting me. Love you, Got brother. It. Rock Thank on. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, rock stars. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe to make sure you don't ever miss an episode. And if you're interested in having Brant or me or both of us speak at your event, we're exclusively represented by Kepler Speakers the industry's leading resource for booking conference keynotes. To start your unforgettable experience, go to KeplerSpeakers.com. Until next time, rock, rock on. on! You've got questions, we've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.